Okay. So most of you know, if you've been following us on Instagram, that I started my Invisalign journey back in November with Dr. Andrew Emanuel at Paradigm Orthodontics. And I have to say, I couldn't be happier with my decision. I was actually there today getting some new uh, Invisaligns made for my next kind of few months. And I have to say the coolest thing about it is the 3D digital scanning technology. They use this wand and it comes out in this perfect picture of your teeth, which is absolutely amazing because there's no more goopy impressions. Like when Sarah and I first had braces in high school and anyone listening knows what we're talking about. So it's super clean, modern, and and way, way faster. Oh, I love that. I, I, I don't envy the trays. So I think this is the way to go. Dr. Emanuel is a board certified orthodontic specialist in the heart of downtown Halifax. He does lots of Invisalign. You can find him located above Pete's Boutique. They also give you free parking if you go visit. They offer affordable treatments with flexible payment plans. So if you've been thinking about getting a consult, now is the time. You can mention Rival and Queen when you book to get a free consultation and visit ParadigmSmile.com for more information. Happy Thursday and welcome back to the Rival and Queen podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sarah. And we are in our virtual studio today, always digging into the fun. What? We've we've had so many COVID road bumps with (laughs) recording. What's what's COVID? Yeah, what is that? (laughs) To be fair, though, that will make sense. That will all make sense to you a lot later. Um, But to be fair, we are not sure at this moment if our producer is alive, missing. We don't know where Mark is. (laughs) We haven't heard from from him in a week. I called him two days ago. I still haven't heard back. So Mark, we hope this episode comes to light. (laughs) If you're listening to this episode, everyone, Mark is okay. Mark has helped us. God love him. He he's going through what we went through, but he, I think he's okay. We think he's healthy and well. We just haven't heard from him in a few days. He might just be taking a break from our. He might be using COVID as an excuse to take a break from us and our antics. Oh no, no or, way. Yeah. Oh no, is right. Or maybe he's getting ready for our big event that's coming up this weekend. He better have, because my taste buds were gone a little bit, but his better be back too, because he's going to weigh in on the cookies too, Sarah. Sunday, guys, we're doing our famous chocolate chip cookie tasting, and we are going to get to the bottom of where you can get the best chocolate chip cookies in Halifax. We've got a list of like 17 places right now. We can't taste 17 cookies. Like, I think that's crazy. Is it? I don't know. I think we did I don't know how I think we did 14 last time and we were sick. Do you remember how sick we were? Okay. So I saw Nicola who is our Pilates instructor and she's going to be helping us again because she did the first time. And I saw her at the gym the other day and she was like, buddy, I'm so scared for the cookie tasting because they're so good. I just want to eat them all right away. So we, we, we have to, now that we know what we're in for, I think we will be able to pace ourselves differently, but in all fairness, we only take a little piece, maybe like a quarter, less than a quarter, I would say, depending on the size, but then sometimes you need to go back to that one or compare it again against a different one and have another little taste. Like we want to take this seriously, Sarah. So we need to ingest as much of the product as possible. We, we do. And for everyone listening, like, I know you might think we're joking, but like we learned a lot from our last cookie tasting. I think you're right, Ashley. We get a fifth of the cookie and it's like, you can't go to town and eat that whole wedge you can only have a bite or maybe a second bite, but you need to keep it to come back to it. Maybe it's very and sometimes precise. If, there, if there's one that you don't like, because it's so much easier to tell when you're eating them back to back. 
then that one we just need to put to, to the side and not go back to and move you, on to the better ones. You can't finish the fifth of a cookie. Like that's the no. crazy thing is there's no extra room. This is like, this is like, we have to approach this like a marathon. <laughs> and a cookie, I'm not eating anything other than, actually we need to have green juice. No, that would be too much sugar too. We need like- I think lettuce after. <laughs> I know. Like how do we counteract the cookies? We're going to have, uh, probably some wine as we taste them, but not, bone actually, broth. I don't know. If we're going to do what <laughs> we need like bone broth, something to yes. like take our bellies down and maybe some like lemon water in between to cleanse our palates a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. all right, we're thinking of everything. <laughs> it's a rough life. <laughs> And it's a rough life. And what we've been sharing on Instagram, if you haven't seen the cookies that we're planning to taste. So when you're listening to this episode, if you're listening on Thursday or Friday, just know it's the very last time to weigh in. If there's any cookie kingdoms we have yet to discover, or we've missed out on our list, please DM us and tell us right away so we can get them into the batch for, you know, this, I'm feeling very excited. I feel like we've hyped up this event. Okay. I have one idea that has come from it though, that I want to share. I think when we asked everyone who they recommended, we got a lot of individuals saying they have the best chocolate chip. I was just going to say that, that places or sorry, people were saying that they make better one. And you know what? It's brought Bring up us the a idea that maybe we should do like the homemade cookie crown at some point. Like we need to create like this. a year I, from now, a year from now, like a second <laughs> or like six months from now, we'll do a second cookie tasting, but it'll be like the homemade edition. And like our listeners will be the ones creating the cookies and we'll have to judge them like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you aren't aware of this already, you know, well, most of you know that I love chocolate chip cookies and I did this myself last year. I made a bunch of chocolate chip cookies. Ashley tasted them all. I made her and Jeff taste them side by side and weigh in. And we, we picked, I think you made four. Mm -hmm. I made four or five. Yeah. And the milk bar was the winning recipe that I, that I found. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. I know. I'm just, these are going to be anyways, we're going to have a blast. All right. So in the episode this week, guys, as we said, we have Sylvia and Jonathan here, the creators of the Canadian content studio. Sylvia came from the corporate world. And for anyone who, you know, grew up in our era, hopefully you remember Street Sense and Jonavision, which is how we uh, think of Jonathan. And so they both came from these different backgrounds. And we really dive into today how they came together to create the Canadian content studio, how it really helps scratch that creative itch they have, but also let them bring to life these projects that really mean a lot to them. So podcasts, TV shows, commercials, they have so much fun in what they create, but they've really focused this business around creating work that is meaningful for them. Um, And it's kind of a really different process of bringing TV shows and things to life. Yeah, such a fun and, and good conversation. And before we hopped on, I was saying to Sarah, who we had as a guest, Chris Green, I was just listening to Sylvia interview him. And it was such a great podcast episode. So many good tips and tricks. It's called Your Two Cents Podcast. Everything is like about financial kind of like tips and tricks. So definitely check that out too. And you know, we love money. So we love we this love podcast. Money. We, we love the, money. The tips. We love the tips. We love the trip. We we will come with tips about purchasing multiple cookies and chocolates. We'll we'll tell you how we financially. Maybe there's like buy four get three free or something or two. Oh, we're free. gonna make we're gonna make the snack adventure a fiscally savvy one. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> we're we're combining Sylvia and Jonathan's two passions. <laughs> there you go. They can get on board. I love that so much. All right. Before we dive in, if you want to connect with Sylvia and Jonathan, you can. Their webpage is canadiancontentstudio.com. And you can connect with them on Instagram at Canadian Content Studios. And also check out the new, their newest show, Who Do You Think I Am on CBC. It is so heartwarming. We are obsessed. I've watched a bunch of the episodes, so I'm, I'm very in love with it right now. All right. Let's dive in.
well, we are so excited to welcome Jonathan and Sylvia to the virtual Rival and Queen studio. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. So many Thanks blonde people. Us. You know what? <laughs> the blondes are people. taking over. We're everywhere. It's beautiful. I'm Amazing. loving it. <laughs> well, it's so good to connect with you again, Sylvia, because we actually knew each other from years ago back at Saint of Vex. And I had always been seeing your guys' posts and a lot about your podcast. I know you had Alicia McCarvel, you had Sarah from the Birds Papaya. And that's really how Sarah and I wanted to get to know more about what you guys are up to at um, the content studio. So can you guys kind of tell us how you met and how that started? Do you want me to tell my story? Do it. <laughs> Let's hear your story first. And then here's what I love when we have I should guests. walk away. And then I when love- you're done, I should come back <laughs> and tell my version of it. Should I? I'll take these off and you give me the high sign when it's time. Oh my okay. God, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So tell us. This is now so scary because I'm so nervous. Okay. So I, my dad worked in TV. I had known about Jonathan sort of peripherally for a long time. Are you um, and- <laughs> <laughs> Just come back and sit in. Come it's making me sweat that he's not listening. Oh, he's not going to listen. Okay. okay. So, um, Sort of later in my life, I was at Tom's Little Havana in Halifax, which is no longer there. Uh, my dad and his friends used to hang out there all the time. We were there. Jonathan was there with a bunch of people and left. But when he left, there was a whole bunch of food sitting on the table still. And people went over and ate all of his food. Because at the time, it was like peak Trailer Park Boys and heat like J-Rock was everywhere. And I DM'd him on Twitter and was like, just so you know, I just watched people eat your leftover finger foods. Like, so did, I mean, I don't know that it's good any in any situation. So anyway, we started um, going back and forth. I had a blog at the time called This Needs to Stop. And it was sort of a pop culture sort of thing. So I interviewed him for the blog there. We formed a mutual love of The Bachelor, started a bachelor and the rest is history. Here we are. Jonathan, come back. Sylvia had a blog called This Needs to Stop, and she interviewed me about The Bachelor. (laughs) You got that? That's amazing. Is that it? There's nothing else? That's how I remember it. And then Sylvia and her now husband, Jordan, were going on their honeymoon to California, and I used to live there, and I sent a list of two pages of things they should do for their honeymoon itinerary. And how many did you do? Quite a few. (laughs) almost all of them. Jonathan legitimately gave us like the inside scoop to California. And we, we did a lot of them. Like I I would say at least realistically, like five to seven of the things. You you planned Sylvia's honeymoon, basically. I did. Here's what you do. You go to Malibu seafood, but you buy a bottle of wine before you go. You can walk Mm -hmm. across the PCH and eat your seafood on the beach with a bottle of wine as the sun is setting. Like that stuff that nobody tells you. And it was all like the stuff that made the trip phenomenal. Drinking by the pool at hotels, going to Runyon Canyon, which we would have never done. Like all of the things that are now I'm like, are my favorite things to do if I ever get to go there again. Um, but yeah. memories. And it works. You guys became friends, like internet friends, I guess, very quickly. We did. And so if you fast forward, whatever it is, eight years, 10 years, I had a couple of shows in development at different networks in Canada, uh, one at CTV, one at CBC. They were in development for two and a half years uh, and ultimately led to no's. I was kind of frustrated with the traditional process of development and ultimately unfruitful, unsatisfying, demoralizing, all that stuff. So I wanted to um, find a way to just, you have two options. One is sit on the couch and go, man, it's not fair. And the other is, well, how can I circumnavigate this traditional system and make things and then see if I find an audience. Um, Sylvia uh, started to work with us on, we have a podcast, Taggart and Torrance, um, and we worked really well together. Um, So we kind of had this notion that if we make stuff that we like, that's coming from a passionate, genuine, sincere place, technology is pretty cheap. We can make pilots for not that much money and then hopefully find a sponsor to pay for it or then have something to sell. The age old thing about development is, if you are lucky enough to go in the traditional development process, there are so many cooks, not one chef, everyone gets a vote and stops being what you meant. So then in the end, the, this thing that isn't even what you meant doesn't get picked up and you're like, well, what was the point of that? So at least now we can make something that is what we meant and let the people decide if it's good. 
Oh, there's so many things about this I love. So we both come from startup backgrounds and like hacking things together to start, get things off the ground and test if there's an audience and buyers is kind of like the philosophy of that. And I love how you guys have applied it to television. I used to work in TV. So I used to go to MIPCOM. Jonathan, you, Did you? you might both be familiar and sell TV shows, but it's so different from what you imagine. So for anyone listening, like literally like you have like a one pager, like a one sheet that you're showing like network execs to try to pitch a television show. But exactly like you said, Jonathan, like from idea to creation, it is years. And then also can get crushed kind of at like, if the executive you sold it to leaves the television network. Well, happened to me a lot. Or if you know in your heart, this is a good show. And you're relying on gatekeepers to say, I agree with you. The odds are very slim. Um, and usually people in those positions of power want to at least put their stamp on it or change it or morph it and you think it's good. So I might as well bet on the one pony I believe in, which is what we can do. I love this new take on TV. And it's, I just like, I don't think people understand how radical it is. It is like a totally new approach to media. Well, I think uh, in, in my case specifically, I, I lived in the States for a long time. There you're so arm's length from the process because you're waiting for your manager to talk to a director, to talk to a casting director, to see if they've heard from the producer, to see if the agency, whatever. So when I moved back to Canada, just generally, I had so much pent up creativity and nowhere to let it rip. So um, Sylvia has a nose for money. She can create opportunities like MacGyver, like a stick of gum and some dental floss. And like, how did you do that? We need um, to. Yeah, so it's, it's well, been you. a very fruitful partnership. It's been really interesting because when you say that it's radical, I don't know that I've ever thought of it that way. Like, I think we're just doing things that come really naturally to us. And I think that's why it's working is because we're not really trying to do anything that is against the grain of who we are. And we're not trying to make things that don't feel like us. And we're just sort of leaning into the things that feel right. And I think at the beginning, we were really focused on make pilots, sell them to sponsors. And even that's really evolved since we've started. And so we just kind of keep going where the work that makes us feel good is and good partnerships are there. And that's really what we're trying to check off. Like we call ourselves funny, fresh, feel good because we want it to be those things, but that's not just in the content we're making. We want our sets to be the happiest place people show to. We want to pay people quickly so that they're thrilled to work with us. They're not sitting around waiting for their bills to be paid. So we really try and make sure, like I kind of joke that we might need to develop a more toxic work environment because we really are trying to foster something that is like truly a good place to be. And people might leave because they need more edge than what we're able to provide them. <laughs> they need more drama. I feel like you could, do, you could bring in like, just do like a team bachelor night or something. Like find some drama outside of you to share amongst yourselves. <laughs> I also know from working on a lot of comedy shows over the years, um, sometimes there's tension on a set and it just seems so counterintuitive to what you're trying to do, which is make people laugh and make jokes. So at this stage in my career, I don't want to have the hundred dollar club where people are doing favors and making a hundred bucks a day. Our philosophy is I want to pay people their very best day rate. We just don't have a single extra person. Um, so in our case, I've made better salaries for each of the jobs that uh, I do. But if I write it, produce it, perform in it, direct it, all those little salaries end up being both what I meant and a decent day's wage. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's incredible. You guys must be such role models now for other people in the industry that see how you guys took this approach and kind of like how it's been so pleasing and fruitful for you guys. It just seems so genuine that you guys just love what you do so much. Thank you. So, That's awfully nice to say. <laughs> I don't think either of us are willing to accept that, but thank you. It's nice. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? I, I agree. I think this, uh, I, we're huge proponents for following your heart. So we love, we love seeing this. But since like the purpose of Canadian Content Studio is to create some of the content that you love, like what are some of your favorite projects that you've worked on? Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Sure. Right, we need both of your takes on this. I, I would say one of the, the nice things about what we're able to do is I'm a middle-aged white guy. I'm very aware at this moment in our history, it is not my time. But as someone with a platform and a resume, I'm hopefully able to amplify people whose voices aren't seen on TV. So one of the shows that I'm most proud of is a show that Sylvia created called Who Do You Think I Am? 
in which um, Madison Tevlin, a young woman with Down syndrome, is the host. Um, Sylvia, you should tell the story because it was your idea. I know Maddie through lots of strange and wonderful ways, but one day she she wanted me to come up with a brand for her because my background was in corporate marketing and she, Maddie knows what she wants. So she came to me looking for a brand. And so I went through an exercise with her just trying to uncover the things that she really wanted to like share with the world and what was her message going to be. And none of them are about having Down syndrome. And I said to her, why don't you want to talk about having Down syndrome? And she got really mad. And she said, I'm tired of being judged. People stare at me. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm so sick of it. And I said, well, do you know that lots of other people feel judged? I'm an outgoing blonde person who is often thought of as being a dumb blonde. And she's like, you're not a dumb blonde. I was like, I'm aware of that. But when people look at me or they see me speak or they see me act a certain way, I'm not exactly a wallflower um, that they would assume certain things about me. And I picked up the phone and I called my friend Jenny and I called Jonathan and I was like, is this her show? She has this magnetism about her and this wonderful zest for life and also the ambition to break down anything anyone tells her she can't do. She's so determined to do it, but she was truly shocked that she wasn't the only one who was being judged. She thought having Down syndrome meant she got judged and therefore she was alone. So that idea we took and made it into a pilot and she interviewed in the pilot, a guy named Hambone. He's covered in tattoos. He's a big burly dude. He looks like he would be a scary guy, but he's actually a vegan who rescues puppies and his favorite color is pink and he owns his own barbershop and they fell in love with each other. And it was just this chemistry. It was everything we hoped it would be and more, I think truly. And that's what we used to sell to CBC ultimately. Oh, that's so beautiful. Amazing. And this show is out. It just came out, didn't it? Yeah, it just came out on CBC on the 7th of January. The guests are incredible. There's 10 episodes. Um, we've got Juice Box from Drag Race. We have the Birds Papaya. We have Taylor Lindsay Noel, who um, was on Oprah's Favorite Things. The people we're talking to, Laura Vuxen, who sends musical instruments up to Indigenous kids up north. Like, we really had incredible guests in the season. And I think Maddie's story gets propelled through that, but also their stories do, too. Ooh, I cannot wait to watch this. And for anyone listening, we'll link this in our show notes so you can go check it out as well. What does awesome. it feel like for a project to then come to life, like from creation to actually seeing it out now, like that project, like what does that feel like? How good does that feel? Feels great. But part of this model is uh, in addition to paying people their day rates, we don't hire, as I mentioned, more people than we need. So it's so street sense DIY, our little shop. There's really the two of us. And every now and then we think, we could probably farm out this, like someone booking a hotel or booking a flight for someone. <laughs> There's kind of false economy, right? A yeah. thing, an engine works best when each of its parts is doing the thing that they're best at. And there's as little overlap as possible. So, um, you know, two writers wouldn't be as efficient and effective as a director and a producer, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so our heads are down and our noses are to the grindstone probably looking for the next thing that we don't often stop and go, it's working. Sometimes we have what we call Friday afternoon kudos calls where I'm like, remember when you answered the phone? She's like, yeah, remember when you wrote that thing? And remember when we had this idea? We're doing it. Um, but we probably don't do that enough. No. I love it's Friday kudos <laughs> calls. <laughs> we we have an acronym. Sometimes you just get the acronym in a text and that's all we have time for, yeah. <laughs> which is the best truth but it's it is true like we are really just so focused on continuing to grow this business that sometimes it's hard it's also not the most fun to have all of our shows premiering during covid like there's no rap party and the launch party like so that sort of like outward excitement is sort of taken away which is a little bit of a drag but I think the excitement is in knowing you know Maddie sends me messages about how proud she is or how excited she is for the next thing. Like that's a really amazing feeling to know that the platform that you're helping to build is, is working for the people that you intended it to work for. It's really cool. Another thing with this model is we're in a position to give battlefield promotions behind the camera too, to people who've never done certain jobs. If they're ready for a bump up, we're in a position where we can say, I believe in you, you got this. And to watch people sort of land in their own confidence is pretty cool. Lean machine. Lean machine. Do you get to work with this? Do you find you are working with the same people uh, frequently when you're putting shows together and creating different productions? You're yeah, we have, pretty, <laughs> we have a pretty, we have a pretty dedicated dream team 
Um, it's obviously uh, challenging sometimes because everyone's busy and uh, you're yeah. trying to book people months out. But yeah. we definitely have a pretty core group of individuals that we go to over and over again because there's a shorthand. Uh, there's an economy to that. The thing that I have discovered in this business, my pet peeve is when things take longer than they should. I have a pretty good handle on how long things should take and I'm pretty happy in my home life. So my default is no one wants to go home sooner than me because I've worked on things where people want to drag it out and make it last longer than it needs to. Um, so I think we create, it's a pretty simple recipe, create a happy work environment. People are fed and appreciated and feel that. Um, I also like an environment where the best idea wins. So if I'm a grip on a show and I throw out a joke and it makes it in the show, I have a vested interest in the outcome. I feel ownership of it. I'm proud of it. I tell people about it. That kind of PR travels too. Yeah. It's really important to us too. I, I love the model of um, like freaks and geeks and how they were like, we're going to make all of these people famous. Like when freaks and geeks kind of crashed and burned quickly and then became sort of Judd Apatow's passion was like, all of these people will work again one day. Um, we really love the people we work with and they, they are part of this ecosystem that is working really well for us and in the environment we want to be working in. So why wouldn't we keep giving opportunity to people? It's great when we see people showing up in more than one place at a time. And I also think it's um, this testament I heard Reese Witherspoon say, look behind you to see who needs to come forward. And as Jonathan was mentioning, like we get to do that too. And I think those things all together are really great. That sort of repetitive work that builds the shorthand, but also making sure that this isn't just about us. This is about the entire team and what the opportunities are for them as well. Oh, I think that's just so refreshing for this industry where you see often a lot of turnover and you don't always get to build those relationships and people don't always get to advance as quickly as they want to. I just, I love the approach of what you have created. I think for people in television and film, it's just such a breath of fresh air. Can I so tell the cutest? Oh, sorry. I'm going to no, step on you. I was going to say, here's the cutest story about one of the things I've been the most proud of. I don't even think I told you this, Jonathan. When our editor got engaged, she sent a message to myself and my producing and directing partner on Who Do You Think I Am? who she'd never met before, but they worked on all the edits together. And they got so close during that edit that when they got engaged, like we got the message together. So like we're building this sort of like love in the background that I just cannot get enough of. Like, I think it's the best feeling in the world to go, oh my God, they're strangers. And now they feel like family to each other. It's pretty sweet. I love that so much. Oh, this is so cool. All right. Is there, are there any other projects that we need to check out Volleys? Yeah, we, we were, yeah, volleys. We were lucky to um, encounter this guy named Paul Gardner at Bell 5 TV. Uh, they make um, video on demand content for Bell subscribers. And he's like, look, I don't have a whole lot of dough, but I need content. Um, what's the idea that you're most excited about? Don't pitch me the thing you think I want to hear. What gets you fired up? And in my 200 year career, I have never been asked that question. And it, it was like, uh, road to Avonlea, like, oh, why? Oh. like I was almost like old timey overcome, like, oh, oh boy. Like asking someone creative, what turns you on? It's like, oh my gosh, I love this guy. So we pitched an idea called Volleys about volunteer firefighters. Um, there's a volunteer firefighting department in my community as there are in a lot of maritime communities and small communities across Canada. And they're so vital to the fabric of the community um, and they do so much more beyond just fight fires. So I thought, I haven't really seen a comedy show set in a firefighting station. And then my second thought was, well, we could never afford fires. So then I thought, well, what if we had a firefighting department that didn't have any fires? What would they do with their time? So that's kind of how we arrived at Volley's. Um, so we bought a 1979 La France foam pumper fire truck for $6,500. And it's so heavy, I kept getting it stuck in my driveway because I live on a dirt road. And I finally emailed Paul and said, are we getting a second season? Because if we're not, it's going on Kijiji tonight. And he was like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Don't sell the truck yet. Let's do a second season. Oh, amazing. So I love having that kind of relationship with uh, a network person who's like, I'm not going to get in the way. You guys do what you want to do. But I always say, I'd rather a quick no over an 18 month, maybe, so if you don't like the idea, you don't want to buy it, no problem. Just for the love of God, give me my life back. So Paul like, is- let me sell the fire truck. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. exactly. 
Like exactly. Sarah said, very similar to kind of the backgrounds and the industry and the startup community you work in. And especially we work in polar opposite ones, but similar. And you kind of just want to know, are people interested? Do you want to work together or stop wasting time? Which Big time. I had a manager who used to say no is the second best answer in Hollywood. And at the time I rolled my eyes, but it's true. You just yeah. want to know. Just yeah, give me my anything. life back. Like if you're dating, whatever you're doing or something at work, if something's not working out, just like cut the cord and move on. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I always say, if you have to ask, like those people who are like, sorry, what are we? If you have to ask, you know the answer. Yeah. Like when I'm ordering flowers for my wife and they say, would you like to say who it's from? I'm always like, if she doesn't know, we have much bigger problems than these flowers. No, I would not. I like better to get from. that thank you text at 5 p.m. or something is going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Sylvia, I have one last question just for you. As someone who's newer to this industry, because Jonathan, I will tell you, I did watch John Vision and Shreese nice. growing up. Obviously, life fans, <laughs> baby. <Nice. laughs> yeah. Um, but Sylvia, for you coming into this industry and it being like new, like what are some of the things that you are enjoying about it? Oh my gosh, I think. Um, I mean, a lot of it really. COVID certainly hasn't made it the most easy experience. I guess is the terrible, terribly phrased way to say that. The joy of all of this is like, I have such a creative brain, but I also have a business background and I left the corporate world because I felt like that creative itch was not being scratched. I was really excelling in my career and I was on a fast track to be able to keep growing in that, but it didn't feel right. And I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to really be doing with myself. And I had grown up, my dad worked in film and TV when I was younger. I had been on sets from when I was a really young age. So I knew that, you know, there was this world out there that wasn't maybe as glamorous as I thought, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I think the message I sent Jonathan was just like, I want to work in TV. And I did it sort of at like thinking nothing would ever come of it. But now that it's here, I love the fact that we can have a conversation that seems like it's maybe going absolutely nowhere, or we'll be talking about the bachelor or something ridiculous. And then all of a sudden it's an idea and we can make it come to life. We've made bachelor parodies on our digital series. We watched one of Steph Bullock's in it. Who is yeah, exactly. With us. Yes, she is. Shout out she went, Steph, we love you. Yeah, we're just keep bringing everybody in. But the fact that like the things that you find truly enjoyable and make you giggle can be a thing that you can watch and we get to make that I, I love. Um, I directed for the first time a couple of things over the summer that felt like I was where I was, you know, really learning new things and sort of growing my brain there. So, I mean, there's a lot of business stuff that happens in the background to get to all of these things as well, too. And Jonathan and I make a great team on that side because we come at things in some cases so similarly and sometimes in completely different ways, but it gets to the place we need to go. But I love being on set. I love seeing people excited to do things. I love when someone you know, make someone laugh on set. And it's like, you're doing everything you can not to laugh because it's just so good. And you know, it's going to be so good. Like, I just think there's so many sort of pinch me moments along the way. Um, I don't do a very good job of ever really soaking it in. And I think Jonathan caught me and uh, at the end of volleys and I walked outside after the last day and he looked at me and I burst into tears and I just like, that's who I am. I'm either like 100% smiling or sobbing. Um, and I don't cry very much, but it was just like, it really hit me like, Oh, we just did a thing. Look at all these people that just got opportunities for the first time. We had a lot of first time actors and a lot a really diverse cast um, and it was a dream come true for them. And you realize that like, you're part of the dream come true. Cause it's also my dream come true. So I'd say I love all, so much of it. And I just love that we have built a business where I can go to Jonathan and say, can we try this? And he's like, okay. And then we try it. Or he comes to me with something and we try the thing he wants to do. It's just, we've built a really strong partnership where we can be honest with each other. And that allows me to maybe go places. I didn't ever think I had the guts to go to sometimes, but it's been really fun. Oh, I love oh, all of that so much. And Jonathan, give us the industry experience, industry members perspective of what you're loving most about, about this new era of your career. I'm drunk on my own power. <laughs> <laughs> we can make a decision so fast. Um, we always err on the side of overpaying people. Um, it's just, we're pretty aligned in um, our way of thinking as far as how to treat people. And it doesn't take longer than it needs to. We can have a quick conversation and pay someone immediately. 
or I know uh, this person isn't necessarily right for this thing, but we do owe them a solid. So can we just deal them in somehow? Cause that feels right. Um, I just think, you know, if you treat people the way you would like to be treated as cliche as that is, then it keeps them coming back and just feels good. Oh, yeah. There's so much waste in our business too. Like, um, you know, sometimes if there are a lot of trucks and a lot of gear and a lot of people and a lot of stuff, you're so much further away from the nucleus, but Mm -hmm. the smaller and tighter and more invested everyone is, I think the better um, the experience and the better the outcome. Ooh, can I add one more thing to my answer? No. Sylvia, we will accept that. (laughs) (laughs) I love the days on set where I come from corporate life. Like you're supposed to be so productive and so buttoned up and so serious and everything has like structure and you have to, and I also was like a young woman in my world that was very male dominated that I often felt like I had to work extra hard to be the most buttoned up and the most whatever. One day on set, we were at filming in a convenience store, a show we just, another show we did with Bell Five in the fall. And Jonathan looks around the room and he says to the crew, everyone gets to pick a snack. And we all got to run around a convenience store and pick a snack. Like, I know that I could go to a convenience store and pick a snack. Like, I'm a 36-year-old woman. I can do that. But I felt like a kid again. And I was like, hell yeah, I get to pick. Like, I just got permission to go pick a snack. Those moments of levity when you can, like, drop your guard of being such a tight ass, for me, are really fun. (laughs) So Jonathan has a wonderful way of, like, injecting, like, does everyone want an egg McMuffin right now? Like, I think it usually comes through snacks a lot of the time, but it just creates a moment of like, we're having fun. Let's have an egg McMuffin or a bottle of cream soda from the convenience store. If you don't have time for an egg McMuffin, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) You know, that is an important life motto. I can already tell you that's going to be like the marketing material for this episode. your face with that quote. (laughs) It's a t-shirt slogan. And I love that all just started based out of the food at, uh, was it Little Tom, what's it called again? Little Tom's Little Havana. Havana. That's so funny. You missed oh, that I part of the conversation. That. Wow. Yeah. That's a few years Man, ago. We're, we're well, that's how I slid into your DMs in the first place to get you on the podcast because I had spotted the food vultures who stole your right. half-eaten food. Mm-hmm. How does but you picked feel? up. To be that famous that people want to eat your leftovers. <laughs> I don't even know if I can answer that question with a straight face. Um, like when Adele took, doesn't she have a Celine Dion's yes, chew chewing gum, gum framed in her living room? There's someone can I tell that you a has funny story? Yes. It's not even my funny story. I was on the Jan Arden podcast and I was saying at your level, is there anyone that you meet that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's who it is. And she was like, yeah, Anne Murray. And I said, have you... Does it, like, I know they've become friends. I said, does it ever stop being weird that you're like, that's Anne-Marie? She said, never. And I said, have you ever stolen anything from her house? Because they had a slumber party a couple of years ago. Jan was doing like a, a celebrity golf tournament. She was like, honest to God, I had a shot glass in my hand. And I was like, Jan Arden, you put that back. She had a little souvenir from Anne's house <laughs> that she so was going to take. She's <laughs> so funny. She is hilarious. She's really I funny. Love I love that story. Like two Canadian icons. That's amazing. And, and shoplifting. Anne is the coolest. Harassed. I love that. That's so I mean, there's been times, don't get me wrong. I used to watch Truth and St. John Vision too. I've had times where I've texted Jonathan to like do something for me that I'm like, oh, never thought that would happen. That's a You're weird. Like, I've, I've made it. I've made like, it. Yeah. If that's anyway. the bar of making it, aim <laughs> higher people. <laughs> Jonathan, you just don't know how we looked up to you when we were guess growing so. up. I guess I so. I say I did Google John Vision earlier just because I was like, I need to like relive this vibe. And the Mr. Dress Up one just kept coming up and coming up. Everyone was like Mr. Dress Up. Well, I the thing, so the crazy cute. thing is it was before the internet. So if you lived in Halifax yeah. and wanted to see what kids in Toronto were wearing or listening to or talking about, you watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really did kind of, like a communications railway connect the the young people of the Canada at a time when it was either that or like a subscription to Chickadee, right? That was, those were your only two sources. I don't even know what that is. I feel really? Is like the bop? Those like, things? no, it was like highlights and Chickadee. They were like, weren't they like- um, Like National Geographic for kids kind for of. For kids, Chickadee. yeah. 
okay. with like little games and stuff inside. And I think yeah. too, like, it's funny, like I wrote into Street Sense in grade 12, I had a beef. They came to film at my house. I was brand new at my school. It was currency. Like my mom was so thrilled that they filmed at our house. Cause she's like, you're going to be fine at school. You were on Street Sense. Like it was her comfort level of knowing that I had like made it in grade seven. She's like, you don't need to worry about you. You're on Street Sense now. I'm like, okay. Do you know what? I went to St. Pat's in Halifax. Working at McDonald's on Quimple Road was more social currency than being the guy on Street Sense at the time. Like, hey, it's free refills. <laughs> like, like that was a cooler thing. But that's what kids care about. You need like unlimited root beer. It's all coming back to food. I don't know. You To, to I think people's hearts, it's through food. I think that's yep. Johnson's that's like gift to people is food. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you feed people, treat them well. They'll keep coming back. Absolutely. We love this. Okay, I think we should play a game now. All right, before we wrap, this is the most important part of the show. I need you to focus. Super easy. We're, you're each going to take one of these. We're going to play Queenie Grams. You pick a number between 1 and 144, and we'll ask you a question. So you, Why is this episode have, 144? No, this is episode 114, but we only have 144 questions. We're going to ask you a question. Oh, got it. Okay. Sylvia, you go first. Okay, I'll take 13. 13. Let's see. What is your favorite five cent candy? Jonathan, you're going to have to answer this. Oh, this is so fitting for the the theme. This is so fitting for the, considering (laughs) I was just shopping in a convenience store. Um, Fuzzy peach slices. Sarah, Sarah had a craving for candy earlier too. I'm actually, as soon as we're done, I'm going to buy candy. Do it. Get some fuzzy peaches. And like, I like, this is gross, but I like to like have them in my mouth for long enough that the sugar dissolves and then you eat them. That's just, that's an overshare, but I love fuzzy peach slices. All right. We, we like honesty. Just, just, Jonathan, what's yours? What's well, yours? when I was a kid, you could buy a Chrysler Cordoba for five cents. What is um, it? <laughs> it's like a huge boat of a car. My parents had two of them. Like the doors were six feet long, like super heavy doors. And uh, all five of us kids could get in the back seat. Um, the first one that popped into my mind was a Bazooka Joe. Mm-hmm. Like a piece of gum that came with a little comics in them. With I haven't a comic. had one in a long time. But I think that's a comedian in you, maybe. Is it? Oh, those jokes? Yeah. Like maybe you like, I've, I like that answer. I've never, ever heard a human in my life that's their favorite five cent Say Bazooka candy. Joe. Well, I'm trying to think what other five cent candies are there. But don't you think it's also so consumer savvy because he got a comic and a piece of gum. Like I think it just speaks to his yeah. street sense days. He yeah. knows. Yeah. What's yours? I like the cherry. I like the grapefruit and the cherry. I don't know if they're cherry blasters. I like cherry blasters too. Sour, a little bit of sour. I thought you were going to say cherry blossom and I can't think of a single reason why those still exist. No. Those are like my mom likes those. Your mother likes those? I don't think there's another human around who likes those. Hideous yellow boxes. Yellow boxes? Yeah. No. Disgusting. No. I might have to buy one of those just to try it. That's going to be our live. The cherry. Your mom likes cherry blossoms is another good t-shirt slogan. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. We're going to have a lot of excellent content for this episode. I can't think of what my favorite five cent candy is. Oh, that's not true. I like the sour dinosaurs. Those are my go-to number one all the time. I, I'm really, I mean, a Sour Patch Kid is satisfying. Too. No. No? Well, like, no. you like those. Those aren't mine. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, now it's your turn. Pick a number between 1 and 144. Okay. I'm going to pick two, uh, 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 20. Ooh. This is... <laughs> the <laughs> universe is with us on this one. Is it a food, food. question? <laughs> what are your three essentials that you have in your fridge or cupboards? At all times. Hmm. Well, excited. you're excited for this answer? I am. Like, I feel like it's going to be good. Every day, uh, I have Starbucks coffee that I make at home. French roast. So that, that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of an umbrella category. My wife is a phenomenal baker. So uh, something that Carol baked, as vague as that is, she makes mm. chocolate chip cookies with score bits. She makes cupcakes oh. from Magnolia Bakery. She makes cinnamon buns. We um, need to be friends with her. <laughs> yeah, she's a phenomenal baker, but one of the weirdest kind of bakers in that she doesn't ever really eat what she bakes. Ooh. Um, so there's a lot of stuff around all the time. Dangerous for like. you. Super dangerous. 
And I guess the third thing would be chippies. Mm-hmm. Chippies. Ooh. Makes it sound more fun when you call them chippies, salt and vinnies. <laughs> My so mother-in-law I, only calls them chippies. She's like, who wants chippies? chippies? Isn't that fun? I'm dying at the salt and vinnies. <laughs> salt and vinnies. My friend Stacey calls dill pickles dill pickies. Oh, my oh that's cute, though. Chippies. Chippies. Chip. Like when you chant it, it's super fun. Oh my, you just leveled up my chip. I game. can't wait for my husband to walk in the door when we're done. And I think we should start chanting we chip chippies chippies okay, and make him go get us. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. That was the downside of, I've started doing this thing when people say the pandemic, I say the what now? Um, as if I haven't heard of it. And people are like, it's COVID. Um, it really stops oh, people that. on their tracks. Try it. But that was the weird thing about working from home the last 18 months is that the chip bag was always open. So I found myself hand bombing like a handful of salt and vinnies mid afternoon. Like, what are you <laughs> doing? The kitchen is always open. It was problematic. Survival yeah. mode. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sylvia, what do you always have? In your well, I feel like my kitchen's so not as fun as Jonathan's house with Carol's amazing baked goods, but we always have a Costco sized bag of pistachios, shelled pistachios. We often will have like a quick pistachio break at the end of the day before we walk the dog. Yeah. Um, so there's this piece doesn't have quite the same ring to it. No. No. <laughs> I don't. We'll try and make something You've happen. You gotta come up with a cute yeah. Stashies. Stashies. Maybe it's stashies. So we'll try that maybe. Um, I always have smart sweets in the cupboard because I have such a terrible sweet tooth and all I want to do is eat candy all the time. And I really try to not do that. So I usually have a bag of smart sweets and in the fridge almond butter like that's so lame come on dude i have so many allergies i can't enjoy anything in my life sylvia answer this question i shouldn't have eaten blank last night like what's your if you fall off the wagon what is oh this is also so lame i love um like the vegan cheddar skinny pop oh Oh my god i can't have dairy so my options are so limited i'm with you i suck like, I think this would have been a much better question if you were like, the booze you can't live without. Like, I could answer that question for you. My, I can't eat anything. That is. I'm with you. I love skinny pop, popcorn in any form. Same. I would eat popcorn till the end of time. And I, yeah, I wish I had a better answer for you. Right now, well, no, I never have. I, if I want like a really good treat for myself, I usually have to go buy it from somewhere because there's some really great like dairy-free bakeries and stuff in my neighborhood but I have to like leave for those things I can't just go like crush like I always have a box of cookies for Jordan sitting around but I can't eat them I always have Orville Redenbacher kernels um because I like to make it on the stove Mm, stove something like that I've tried the air popper it doesn't work no No, I make mine on the stove with with fresh like melted but real butter on top is way better I will I will attest Ashley makes the best popcorn so she knows I yeah it's like it's my your gift I'm proud of it okay so I'm gonna (laughs) say my three things I'm gonna agree with Jonathan definitely coffee always 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 have coffee um I'm going to say mixed nuts. I'm kind of like you, Sylvia. Jeff and I are always just like grabbing this jar of nuts that's like constantly refilled and very expensive. Very expensive. Oh, nuts that's so you have to cheap. get them at Costco. No, I the Costco bag of pistachios is like, I that's where you're saving money. I prepare myself to go to Costco, but I You do, and, but it's worth um, it for the nuts. There's another t-shirt slogan. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say frozen fruit. I always have smoothies. Oh, Mine are very expensive. So I? I think mine are like a, a, a mix of all of these. Do you know what I'm really into right now that I cannot live without? And like, this is, there's like a, an, I was going to say North American. It's not North American. This is Nova Scotian company called Vivo and they make sweet water and, or it's not sweet water, like it's sparkling, sparkling fruit, yeah. but it's like from fresh fruit juice. Anyways, I have taken to drinking that mixed with water every day. So that is like now a staple of my, I'm not great at eating in the day. You'll see it everywhere now because until you told me about it, I see it everywhere. Super sore. It's so good. All the. Why do you have to cut it with water? Uh, I don't like like that much sweetness. I like, a, I like to water it down. It's a spritz, juice spritzer. I just, we're a crazy I mean, bunch of people. I feel like it's just like a, a can of juice is too indulgent. So I like to do. 
watered down juice. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not saying this makes sense. The truth I, comes out. I also have the stashies in my cupboard. Those I've been living off of. So Sylvia, thank you for the cute nickname on those. And uh, thirdly, I, although not exciting, I always have, um, I'm really into hummus. <laughs> I'm say eggs. Like, Jonathan's so disgusted with all of us. I feel Who less bad. you people? But like, I do have, I will say, I don't always have them, but often I get, I have a glass jar that I keep filled with candy of like whatever I'm into, but it's, that's fine. But I usually eat it. That is fine. So it's not always there. Now we're getting somewhere. Well, yeah. everyone yeah. listening is probably dying for a snack or to <laughs> go to the convenience store right now and pick something some, better up than what we've all Some got. salt and binnies. That's Although right. Go get yourself a snack. You, Jonathan, I did live on salt and binnies when I had COVID, so. Did you? Oh, yeah. Do you know what? The pungent flavor. When you had what now? When I had COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, what's that? <laughs> I'll tell you about it after. I'll tell you about it after. Not important. <laughs> Thank you both so much for coming on. This has been so fun to get to know each of you and learn more about the Canadian content studios. We're just so happy to be able to, to connect with you both. Where and if you wait, I want to put in a plug. If you need any extras for any of your projects, Sarah and I are always ready. Like. You know, oh, don't say it. The we'll goodness out of our heart, sure. we are always ready for a good laugh. If you're like someone came down with some mysterious illness and they can't show up on set today, we've got five minutes till we need someone here. We're your it's happened before. Be careful <laughs> what you wish for. Yeah, it sure has. You guys live in Upper Canada, right? Yeah, Upper Canada. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, next time you're in the 902, um, we, let us we know. are in the 902. Oh, I thought you were in Ontario. No, we're in Halifax. We are in the... Oh, well, we can commit to putting you guys in something right now in April if you want. Yeah. Sign us up. We're down. We're making deals. This is great. Hey, haven't even <laughs> so told you what it is. That's okay. That's all right. We're, you know, we're enthusiasts. <laughs> we roll with it. <laughs> we, we built a strong trust over the last few moments. Yeah, we sure have. I'm into it. Where can people find you online? We are at canadiancontentstudios.com. We have an Instagram, Canadian Content Studios. We are on Twitter at CanCon Studios. And we're going to find us. All yeah. of this in the show notes for everyone. Oh, well, Jonathan. Well, and then we have our own personal, like Jonathan's Torrens, Jonathan on Twitter. And I'm just boring old Sylvia Behrens on my social channel, but that's where you can find us. We love Amazing. that. Amazing. Yeah, we will link all that in the notes and everyone can check out all the fun projects and maybe see us in the future in, in something. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll be there with you in April. <laughs> Good. That's all right. Find us. Love Thanks, it. Guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having so us. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. You can find us on social media at Rival and Community.